Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Man, God's just been speaking to me a lot this past week, and I just felt like I should just share on the blessing. My, my official title for this message is called Too Blessed to be Stressed. And um, man, uh, Deuteronomy 28 has literally changed my life. If there's any one message I could preach, any one topic, any one thing, I, I want people to really understand It is the blessing of the Lord, and a lot of people don't really understand it, and they're trying to chase it. If you really understood the blessing of the Lord, this is my first point for you tonight. The blessing of the Lord will chase you. A lot of people, a lot of of even ministers, the way they present it, it's like something that you have to go after, but really the blessing of the Lord will chase after you. It's not something that you run after. It's too immense. It's too great, too incredible, too priceless, too powerful for anyone to possibly catch. It can only be given, it can only be granted to someone, bestowed upon them, and it all starts with a relationship with God. When you're in a relationship with God and you can hear his voice, you have to hear his voice, obey it, that blessing, that favor, that monumental, life-altering grace, it will chase you down and it will overtake you, overtake you. Think of, think of that, that those, these words that God speaks, the blessing will overtake you. It's not something that you chase. You know, when I, when I was in sixth grade, I started playing football, and I weighed like 80 pounds and was like four feet tall, and th- there, were, there were guys on the team that like had mustaches and beards and weighed three times as much as me, and um, there were some guys that could overtake me. I wasn't going to overtake them. The blessing of the Lord, it's so much bigger than you, you're not going to catch it. You're not going to overtake it. It can only overtake you. So the blessing of the Lord will chase you. Let's start here in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. It says, Now it shall come to pass. Say, it shall come to pass. It will happen. It is happening. It it shall come to pass. Now, it starts off very importantly. If you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God. It all starts with a relationship with God. You can only have a relationship with the Father through his only begotten son, Jesus. Nothing on this earth could ever compare with receiving Jesus. It all starts with a relationship with God through Jesus. And you have to hear his voice. And once you hear his voice, he will tell you what to do. He will speak to you specifically and tell you what to do. And my wife and I were talking about this the other day. A few years ago, I preached a message called A Street Called Straight. If you're um, into Bible trivia, you will know that, that there is a street called Straight in the Bible in Acts 9. After Saul on the road to Tarsus... Um, heard Jesus speak to him, he saw a bright light, he was blinded, and he was called, he was told to go to a street called Straight. And I love, I love the questions that Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle, asked when he heard the voice of God. He heard the voice of God. Acts 9, verse 3, you can turn there, but keep, keep a, a ribbon in Deuteronomy 28. Acts 9, verse 3. Two super important questions that every single person on the face of the earth should ask. Certainly every believer should ask ask these questions. Every believer should especially ask the second question. 
they should know the first one. Acts 9 verse 3 says, As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? That's a great question. Every single person on the face of the earth should ask that. Is there a God? Who are you, Lord? Who, who is he? There is a creator. All creation points to the creator. Everyone should ask that question. Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus. Man, I bet he felt a, a chill go through his bones. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Every believer should ask that question, God, what do you want me to do? We all have a purpose. Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. He told him one step. Go to the city and I'll tell you what you are to do. So we, it starts with a relationship with God, with hearing his voice. He'll tell you what to do and you obey it. It's that simple, but a lot of people miss it right there. The blessing of the Lord, it stems from a relationship with God, hearing his voice and diligently, diligently obeying his voice to you. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. When I see non-believers set up above believers, it bothers me. They don't have the blessing of the Lord in their life. Why should, the, why should people of God be lagging behind? The blessing, we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the voice of God, we have, we have that blessing on our life. We should be set up above all nations of the earth. Verse 2, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I love that. Over, say, overtake you. If you write in your Bible, if you highlight, if you under, you can circle that word. That, that is, that's a life-altering, mind-changing word about the blessing. It will overtake you. You don't have to chase it. You don't have to chase healing. You don't have to chase riches. You don't have to chase influence. You don't have to chase victory. These things are going to overtake you. But you, you, you should be chasing after God. Amen? All these blessings will overtake you. It shall come to pass. Verse 3, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. The blessing of the Lord. Some people are, are, are chasing after it. It's over there. It's, it's, in, it's in that city. It's in that place. It's in that. If, I, if I'm going to be blessed, I have to move there. I have to move to a red state. I have to move to Texas. I have to move to Tennessee. I we can't be in Colorado. There's just too many devils in Colorado. We're being overtaken in Colorado. No, the blessing of the Lord is not dependent upon an outs what, what is around you. It's not based on an outside location because it is based on what is located inside you. 
I'm going to say that again. The blessing of the Lord is not based on an outside location. Too many Christians are running away from opposition, running away from challenges, running away from demons, running away from giants, trying to run to the blessing when the blessing is on the inside of them. It's based upon what's inside of you. You know, outside you, there might, I don't care what's outside you. There might be skyscrapers. There might be rolling hills of Tennessee. There might be mansions. There might be grass huts. There might be sunshine. There might be hail. There might be a lot of people like you. There might be a lot of people different than you. But it doesn't change the blessing because if you have Jesus on the inside of you, the blessing of the Lord is on the inside of you, and the blessings of the Lord will overtake take you. They will chase you down wherever you're at. It's time for the church to start acting like this. If you understand the blessing of the Lord and what it does to you and what you have on the inside of you, it it, it is going to radically change your life. Radically change your life. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to ruffle some feathers, even feathers here tonight. Because some some people have been been looking at things the wrong way, looking at how we're going to change society the wrong way. Verse 4. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. The blessing of the Lord gives you tremendous purpose. Your purpose is always going to be fruitful, it's going to be productive, and it is going to continue to increase. If if, if you're a believer and, and if you understand the blessing of the Lord non-productivity, it should bother you. My dad, if if we were still in bed at 7 a.m., he would be bothered. We we weren't working hard enough. We didn't have enough chores. We didn't have enough purpose. We didn't have enough product. He he was bothered by us. We'd be on vacation. He'd wake us up at 6 a.m. It's time to go for a run. We got to do something. We... We're too blessed, we're too anointed, we're too purposeful in life just to sit here. Man, I think think one thing, man, the the main thing my my parents really taught me now, I, I know my dad just mentioned this Sunday, we all said work ethic. But really the main thing that they instilled in us was, was a knowledge of what the blessing of the Lord is a knowledge that it's, it's in us, that it's God's will for us, his favor towards us, and, and how for it to flow in us and through us. And how that blessing, Lord, w- w- would bring us to the top no matter what, no matter what we're doing. If we're a, you know, in finance, in the corporate world, or an engineer in the oil and gas industry, or we're a flute player, it, the blessing, it doesn't really matter what you do. You just do what God calls you to do, and you're going to rise to the top. Too many people are chasing after a mountain, trying to change society. If we just get enough people on this mountain, you do what God calls you to do. You understand the blessing is in you, on you, and let it work through you, and you are going to shoot up to the top. 
You can be a carpet layer and change the world. I know a guy who came to this church who laid carpet for 50 years, and he was one of the most blessed people I ever knew. I, he laid carpet for 50 years, and his knees were perfect. I, I laid carpet one day, and my knees hurt for a month. You don't have to be a president. You don't have to be a, a famous entertainer. You don't have to be a famous athlete. You don't. You could be a mom who's sick of her kids wearing masks at school all the time and start a face group and change, become a political influencer. You just do what God has called you to do. Don't go chasing after a mountain. You do what God has called you to do. Do you know, what, 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 do you know why we do certain things here at Caris Christian Center the way we do things here? It might not be the, the way they do it there or there or where you can. We do what God tells us to do. Other people can do what they want to do. But we're going to do what God calls us to do. And there's something in, 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 the, in the air here. Because I've seen it happen. I've seen people get a revelation of grace, get a revelation of the blessing of the Lord on their life. They hear from the voice of God and... and they just do what he tells them to do, and they, they just shoot up. The blessing of the Lord gives you tremendous purpose. The blessing of the Lord, I'm still in verse 4 here. I don't know if I'll finish all this tonight, 14 verses. I could probably preach on this for an entire year. Because if, if there's anything I, could, I, I want people to understand, it is this. The blessing of the Lord which is tied to God's favor, which is tied to, to a revelation of grace. The blessing of the Lord is greater than Adam's curse. Verse 4, we see the blessing of the Lord gives you purpose, fruitfulness, productivity, and increase. Adam's curse. You can flip there if you'd like. Genesis 3, verse 17. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice. Again, it's about what voice you're listening to. If you heed any voice other than God's voice, God's voice has to be first. Hey, Adam, you heeded the wrong voice. You didn't listen to my voice. You listened to another voice. Because you heeded the voice, the blessing always starts with the voice of God. You heeded the voice of your wife. You've eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you, you didn't obey my voice. It's all tied together. I command you, saying you shall not eat of it. So because you, you disobeyed, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. So it's the opposite of fruitfulness. It's thorns, it's thistles, it's weeds. You shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return." So we see the curse here. You work, you toil, you sweat, you pour your blood, sweat, time, tears, energy into something, and you get nowhere. That, that's frustration. You don't, get the, you don't get the benefit of your labor. You, you either get no benefit, negative benefit, or someone else swarms in and steals, gets credit for what you've done and gets the reward for what you've done. 
That, that's, that's a curse. The blessing of the Lord is greater than that curse. The blessing that we have through Jesus, it is greater than that curse. I know when I work, I'm going to see reward. I'm going to see the fruit of what I've sown. I believe in productivity. I believe in work. I believe in increase. I believe in seeing a strong connection between my effort and reward. Which is actually one of the number one requirements for someone to be happy with their work. I've seen studies done on this. The, one of the number one things for people to, to, to have job satisfaction is to, feel a con- is to see a connection between their effort and their reward. Let's go on to verse 5 here. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. I know that my bread basket, my kneading bowl is blessed. I know I have food in the pantry, but I think there's something more here. I ask God, show me something more here in verse 5. When you take the kneading bowl, you take, you take the dough, you take the leaven, you, you, you knead it, you work it in, into the dough. Bread, bread often is pictured as the word of God. Leaven is, is, is the yeast. It's, it's pictured as doctrine. When you're going to make dough, you need to have good leaven. When you are tuned to God's voice, you will be able to discern between different types of leaven that are out there. One main reason why the church today is not blessed, the church as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole is not blessed the way they should be not rising to the top like they should be, is because of the wrong leaven. People not being able to discern the good leaven from bad leaven. Right, Pastor Aaron, what are you talking about? Jesus, leaven, what are you talking about? Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What is leaven talking about? Leaven is talking about doctrine. The teaching that you listen to is so important. This, this is the cornerstone. This is the foundation for any good leaven. This is, this is the most important doctrinal statement, I think, in the Bible. It's in Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then the writer of Hebrews follows that with another important verse that people don't draw the connection to. Pastor Aaron, when he preached on Hebrews a few weeks ago, is a good pastor and drew this connection for you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Beware. Don't be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Various and strange with bad leaven. What what are these bad doctrines? Doctrines that don't teach that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is a lot of it out there in mainstream Christianity today. If you hear any preaching that deviates from Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it is bad leaven. Throw it out. A lot of people are are drawn to bad leaven for bad reasons. Well, this guy's famous. This guy has, has a really cool band. This guy has, you know, whatever. Leaven should draw us. 
We should have, have a, a strong value on leaven, on the bread we're eating. If you eat moldy, rotted crackers all the time, you're not going to grow. You're not going to do what God calls you to do and be one. If you're just going to church to watch movies all the time, you know, we're not going to talk about anything controversial ever because Jesus would never offend anyone. Jesus is just your teddy bear. You're, you're not, not going to do anything. You're not, you're not going to rise to the top. You're not going to be the head. You're going to be the butt, the butt of society. The cream rises to the top. You'll be the dregs of society. This is, this is really good preaching. This is super good preaching. You're welcome. It's going to get better if I can get to the end. Verse 6, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. But there's a two-letter word that I really love there, G-O, go. I talked to it just in my seven and a half years of pastoral ministry, too many people, especially young adults, just are just frozen, stuck. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know. I don't know. I, and they're just like paralyzed because they, they can't make a decision. Just do something. Go. Do something. I remember, I remember when I was 18, I had to make my first you know, big boy decision in life. Am I going to go to CU Boulder for a, you know, a full scholarship? plus scholarship for my room and board, or am I going to go to Carnegie Mellon, which had the, the best flute teacher in the world at the time. And at first, they didn't offer me any scholarship, but I felt like I should go, go big or go home. And um, I, I remember talking to my dad about it, and he said, you, 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 you decide. And I, I, it was a tough decision for me, but now I realize, you know, I, I did, I think I heard from God and went there, but, but I feel like, hey, if I went the other route, God still would have figured out how to bless me anyways. And he still would have figured out how to get me to where I needed to go anyways. But go, do something. Amen? A lot of times, God, God will lead you He'll instruct you, but, but a lot of times he actually lets you make a choice. I remember when, when my, my father asked me if I would consider moving here to be the associate pastor. I, I prayed, I sought God about it. I really spent major time with God for three months. And I felt like he said, Aaron, I, I, I want you to do this, but if you choose to do this, I'll, I'll still take care of you. I'll bless you all. I'll help you out anyways. God, God often lets us make choices, and um, 
But, but when you make a choice, you need to be committed. You need to be firm. You need to be consistent. And, and don't just sit around and do nothing. That's the worst thing you can do. Amen? That's really good preaching. That's, that's, that's a word for someone. Do something. Amen? Next point. So the first point was the blessing of the Lord will chase you. You don't have to chase after it. It will chase you. Second point is this. The blessing of the Lord is tangible. It's not just some pie in the sky, sweet by and by, I shoulda, woulda, coulda type thing. It's tangible. All these things spelled out here in Scripture, they are tangible things. They are real things. You can touch it. It can touch you. It can get all over you, and you can actually go touch people and start spreading the blessing. You can play tag with the blessing. Who wants to play tag with the blessing tonight? I'm a blessed person. Who wants to be it? Every single person should say, I want to be it. I want the blessing to overtake me tonight. I want God to speak to me. I want him to tell me what to do. I want to to step out and do it and follow it and be committed to it and shoot to the top, whatever it might be. God can make you a person of influence. Laying carpet, being a mom. You can, you can inspire someone by being a great mother. There are some moms who, who raised some pretty nasty kids and turned them into incredible people who, who inspire me. You don't have to be famous to, to do what God has called you to do. To be a person of influence. And really, if you're doing what God has called you to do, it might be be blowing hot air through a metal pipe. When the blessing of the Lord is on what you're doing, it's going to give you influence outside of your mountain. I've had billionaire oil people ask me for advice, like invite me into their home and, and want to know about how did you get so good at blowing hot air through a pipe. It's called the blessing of the Lord. You know, you might have a $100 million house right here in Santa Barbara on the coast next to Oprah Winfrey. I have something awesome too. It's called Jesus Christ. He's on the inside of me. He's called me to do this. I can, there is an anointing when I blow this hot air through this pipe. I don't know why. There can be an anointing as you lay carpet for 50 years and you can inspire some preacher who tried to do it for one day and hurt his knees for an entire month. And he realized, you know what, that guy was doing what God called him to do. This is really good preaching. The blessing of the Lord, it is tangible. Who wants to be it? That woman with the issue of blood. The blessing is there. If I can just touch it, If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. Deuteronomy 28, verse 7, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Some of the teddy bear Christians don't like verses like this. But there are enemies out there. There is a devil There are people that that 
yield to the devil. Even believers sometimes yield to the devil. If you are productive, if you are fruitful, if you are increasing, you are going to at some point run into obstacles. That obstacle might just be a natural thing. That obstacle might be a person, an enemy. You will run into people that do the wrong thing, try to hinder what God is doing in your life, try to stop where God is taking you. So while we're on the subject of enemies, I, I want to look at what Jesus said about enemies. Matthew 5, 44. Jesus said this about enemies. I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So what are we to do? When we run into enemies, if you know that the blessing of the Lord is on you, you've heard from God, you're doing what he's called you to do, that blessing is going to overtake you. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to continue to be a blessing. I'm going to continue to sow into other people. I'm going to continue to, to do good, to pray for them. Now, Jesus talks about what enemies are like. What do they do? Enemies... You know, they're, they're just jerks. Some people are just jerks. They treat you like this. You know, this, is, this is revelation for some people. If they treat you like that, if they're a jerk to you, they're probably a jerk to other people. And once they flee before you seven ways, they'll probably go on and be their jerk self somewhere else. So don't take it so personal. They... Jesus said these enemies, they curse you, they hate you, they use you, they're spiteful. So spiteful means they just go out of their way to be a jerk, to sow discord, to, to just run their mouth. They didn't have to say that, but they just took the extra air out of the room to just gossip and run their mouth about things. Like just, it doesn't take that much effort just to keep your mouth closed, but some people are just spiteful. But we love them and pray for them anyways. That's what they do. We know what we do. We love them. We realize that this mega, mega blessing is on the inside of us. What does God do? God will cause them to leave, to flee. They came in one way. God will give them seven ways to exit. God will give you victory. That, that was a great explanation of Deuteronomy 28, verse 7, by the way and how to deal with enemies. And verse eight, the Lord will command, I love, say command the blessing. Again, you don't have to chase it. If God said it, if God commanded it, it is not something I have to chase after. I'm just going after him. And realize, like he's already in me. So it's really not that hard to chase. You don't even have to chase after Jesus as a believer. You don't have to like follow after. He's in you. And you are in him. You are, you are one with him and you hear his voice and he tells you what to do and you do it. The commanded blessing. God wants to command his blessing. on The Lord will command the blessing on you. A lot of people get offended just by the title. The blessing of the Lord. If you are a Christian that is offended by, by the, the terminology, the blessing of the Lord, you need to get right with God. 
The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Say storehouses. That's plural. That means you should have multiple storehouses, multiple investments, multiple streams for income and increased bank accounts, real estate investments, silver, gold, stocks, land, etc. Storehouses. Plural. And in all to which you set your hand. Say, set your hand. Again, do something. Set your hand to something. You know, the Lord actually gets deeper on what this means to set your hand. He, he changes the word from set to an, a four-letter word. W-O-R-K. Me and my brothers learned work ethic because we, my, my dad was trying to teach us the blessing of the Lord. Work. Do something. Get up. Run. Go, go feed the cows. Go water the trees. Go practice your flute. Go Practice, you know, go practice tackling each other so you can get a football scholarship. I, I don't go, dude, set your hand to something, anything that is remotely productive. As a parent, I've realized there are certain triggers I have. Unproductivity, unproductivity is a trigger of mine. Some of these triggers we inherit from our fathers. Heather has realized. She sees some of my dad's triggers. She's been married to me four years, so she knows some of Pastor Lawson's triggers. And she's like, oh, that's why you're the way you are, Aaron. <laughs> this is a trigger. My dad was a great dad. I'm a good dad. Amen. And my kids will be blessed. They will live it, they will know it, they will have a revelation of it, and they will be the cream of the crop in whatever God calls them to do. To all, verse 8, to all which you set your hand, he will bless you in the land. Man, God was speaking to me Sunday about this. In the land which the Lord your God is giving you. There is a blessing of ownership. With ownership comes responsibility. With ownership comes work. This is a word for someone here tonight. Some people have tried to own you financially. Just tried to keep you stuck financially, keep you stuck in debt. Maybe it's a system that has just been against you and you've been perpetually stuck in debt. God wants to bring you out of that. He wants to set you free from financial chains, and he wants you to bring you into a place of financial freedom and a place of ownership where you're going to outright own something. It might be a car. It might be a house. It might be tools. It, I don't know what it is, but God is going to give you a sense of financial ownership. Some people have, have been owned Emotionally, they've let people emotionally own them, emotionally manipulate them, trying to lock up their happiness. I have a word for you tonight. Your happiness will not be locked up in somebody else's head. Your happiness isn't chained up by someone else. God is giving you ownership over your own happiness. 
The blessing of the Lord will give you freedom in your soul, freedom in your emotions, freedom from trauma, freedom from manipulation, freedom from Jezebel's spirits. So take ownership of what God has given you. Take ownership of your righteousness. Man, too many Christians just, they like temporary go, go lease righteousness. They, they like daily sit. I'm just going to try to feel righteous Sunday morning. But then, and every, God help me, I'm a poor old worm from dust to dust. I'm just an old dust worm, an old dust bag. I'm an old... And then just let me borrow a little bit of righteousness just this one time as I make my plea to you. Take ownership of what God has given you. Take ownership of your position in Christ. Take ownership of the joy that Jesus has set before you. Take ownership of your peace. Take ownership of, of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Take ownership of your position in him. Take ownership of the fact that you are a child of the Most High God and that you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Have a sense of ownership about that. Verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. God, God, this is one of the, this is the greatest aspect of the blessing, is that we get to have a relationship with him, that, that we get to be holy, we get to be special, we get to be his beloved. We, God wants a relationship with us, that's the greatest blessing, and then out of that we'll be able to walk in his ways. If you're just trying to walk in his ways to get the blessing, that, that's not how it works. We're blessed. He loves you. He wants to overtake you with these good things. And out, out of that, when he says, hey, Aaron, in that, that gentle, loving, kind way, I, I would like for you to, to step into ministry. And if you don't, oh, you're cursed with the curse. And that. No, that's not how God that's not how he's relational with us. Out of that relationship, out of hearing his voice, it's going to be easy to do what he asks of you to do. Amen? His way is always the best way. Verse 9, he will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Again, his way is always the best way. I love how Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. His way is always the best way. And when, when, when you have that relationship with him, faith, faith is an easy thing. Following God is an easy thing. It's because, because there, there's love there. There's an understanding there. There's a real heartfelt relationship there. Verse 10, Then all peoples of the earth shall see 
the blessing of the Lord is noticed. It, it is tangible, right? That's my point here. The blessing of the Lord is tangible. If it's tangible, if you can touch it, you can see it, you can sense it, you can know it, you can feel it. Other people can even see it. Other people might even be offended by it at times. Other people, even non-believers will be able, non-believers have told me, I see that you're living your best life. People have approached me and said, Pastor Aaron, I see that you got really nice boots and a fancy watch. Some people are offended by these things. I, I don't know. I have a little bit more to say about that. I might say it here in a second. All the peoples of there shall see that you are called, I love this, that you are called by the name of the Lord. We are called by the name of Jesus. We are called Christians. People shall see it. And I, I've, I've known people in, you know, I, I've been blessed in, in places that were very, everyone around, I was the only one like me. I was the only Christian. I was the only spirit-filled believer in a sea of spiritual putrid filth. And I, I didn't even have to just go, go around banging my, my Jesus tambourine everywhere I went. People could just see. They could just see. That's, that guy's different. I don't, even, I don't even know what a Christian is, but he's... I, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. They can just sense that, that you, you, you are called by that name because you just call on that name so much. When you call on the name of Jesus so much, when you call on his name for help, when you call on his name for his joy, for his peace, for his riches, for his wisdom, for his righteousness, for his ability to forgive, for his ability to love, for his direction, for his compassion, for his generosity. You just call on his name so much. You are so united with him. People can just see. His name is all over you. And it says this, they shall be afraid of you. The blessing of the Lord stirs up some emotions. When the blessing of the Lord is on you, some people will be afraid. Some people might be intimidated. Snakes will feel threatened. Some people will feel inspired. Connect with people who are inspired by the blessing of the Lord. Connect with people who are inspired by the goodness of God. Connect with people who want a close, deep, real, intimate relationship with Jesus. The blessing of the Lord is a tangible thing. My, my next point, my last point, the last few verses here, I think I'm going to finish tonight. I'm so, I love this message. I might, I, I'm preaching Sunday. I'm thinking I, I may preach it again. So if you're here again Sunday, you're, you're going to hear a whole new level. Because, man, this, this, this is the, the one message. If I could communicate one message and get it through people's 
heads, into their hearts. This, this is the one message I would want to communicate. So you may hear it again Sunday morning. If God tells me to do something else, I'll do something else. But I feel like, like people really need to get this, and a lot of people don't quite understand it. Last point, with the blessing of the Lord, there is always plenty. How much is there? Plenty. And the Lord will grant you, verse 11, the Lord will grant you plenty is the correct answer. You guys already forgot my point. There's always plenty of goods. This is something that's tangible. You know, my, my, my son, my nine-year-old son, for years, he, he, always wants to, he always asks me, how much money do you have, Dad? How much money do you have? I say, I've got plenty of money. Wow. How much home do you have? How many homes do you have, Pastor Aaron? How much home do you have? I got plenty of home. How much food do you have in your pantry? I got plenty of food. How many boots do you have, Pastor Aaron? I've got plenty of boots. How many flutes do you have, Pastor? I've got plenty of flutes. How many kids do you have? How many kids do you want? I've got plenty of kids. <laughs> How many hot mamacitas do you have in your life? I've got plenty of hot mamacitas in my life. This is all the blessing of the I, I, I have plenty. The blessing of the Lord, it is plentiful. It is rich. It is satisfying. It is a good thing. I've got all, the, all the, the woman I need right here on the front row. My wife, Heather. Plenty. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. If verse 11 gives you a little deja vu, it's because it's just mentioned in verse 4. Fruitfulness, productivity, increase. If something is mentioned reiterated again, this close together. It means it's important. God wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be productive. He wants you to increase. He wants you to have a sense of purpose. He wants you to do something. I have purpose. Increase is important. In the word increase should not offend you. Verse 12. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. Say good treasure. The heavens. Again, I don't have to, like this is something that God wants to do. I don't have to say, oh God, open the heavens. Please, I just need to borrow a little bit of favor for you to pry open a little, you know, Window of heaven. No, he wants to do this. He, he wants to open the heavens for you, to give you rain to your land in its season, to bless all the work of your hands. Say, the work of my hand. The work of my hand is blessed. Again, this sounds like verse 8, into all which you set your hand. Here in verse 12, it gets specific. It says your hand isn't just to, it's supposed to work. It's a blessing to work. Pastor Aaron, how much work do you have? I've got plenty of work. 
I've got plenty of work. Work is not a curse. Someone, someone years ago when I, first, when I first came here, seven and a half years ago, You know, would, would try to argue that, that um, work was a curse. It was part of Adam's curse, and work was a curse. And um, he would just go around begging all the time. Just at, at the time we had small groups at the church, he would just go from house to house, begging, asking people for money, just, just begging. And, and he even came, you know, had a meeting with me and, and told me if I was a true teddy bear Christian, I would let him move into my house. Because at the time I was single, ready to mingle, christianmingle.com. No, I haven't been on that. I, I got on a dating website once, and, and um, maybe some people have done that. I, I, I deleted it all within an hour. I'm like, those, those are not God matches for me, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell that's a, another kingdom working in that website that I don't want to have any association with. But some people have, God, God has used that tool to, to, so I'm not preaching against that. But uh. anyways, I had a four bedroom house. It was just me. This guy said, if you're a true Christian, you should let me live in it. And I said, this is a Holy Spirit theological you know, debate moment, even though I'd only been pastoring for like one month. I said, well, dear brother so-and-so, you believe that work is a curse. And I worked very hard, you know, to, to buy this house. So for you to live in it, it would, it would actually be a curse unto you. So no, you cannot live here because work was involved with me getting this home. Good day. So long. Sayonara. The blessing of the Lord. Bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Again, that, that idea, that, that importance of owning something, being able to help other people, being able to lend to people. And it, it might be your car. It might be your sofa. It might, it, and I, I have opened up my home to the right people at the right time. But I do not open up my home to crazy I don't know how to say it in a nicer way. It might be finances. It might be, hey, I, I'm going to loan you some of my joy, some of my peace, some of this. I, I've got something. I'm going to tag you with it. You can be it. You can experience it. You shall learn. You need to own something so you can give it out. Amen? Verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head. And not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. When you're in a close relationship with God, again, this is the love of God, that you keep his commandments and they're not burdensome. It starts with the relationship with God. Hearing his voice. He will tell you to do something. Why? Because you have purpose, you have abilities, you have a calling. He will, he will give you a grace to do what he's called you to do. 
The blessing of the Lord will cause you to rise to the top. Verse 13, you will rise to the top. The cream always rises to the top. If you have Jesus on the inside of you, you are not the bottom of the barrel. You are not the dregs. The Bible mentions the dregs. I will, I will make cursed nations force these dregs down their throats. The, the dregs, it's the sediment of the, the bottom of the wine barrel. It's the dirt, the scum, the, the junk, the mold, the whatever on the bottom of the wine. That is not you. You are to rise to the top. You are the cream of the cream. La creme de la creme. If you are French. Bonjour. I wish I was better at French. My, my main flute professor at Rice loved French. She, she studied in, at the Paris Conservatoire. And whenever I played French music and just butchered all the names in French, she'd, she'd be very offended that I have French ancestry and cannot pronounce these French words. She just loved, she was a Francophile, someone who loves everything French. And she said, Aaron, you even have a Frenchman's face and you can't pronounce these words, it's terrible. You will rise to the top. A lot of people are trying to get to the top of various mountains. You just need to do what God has called you to do. Hear his voice, obey his voice, and you will rise to the top. Understanding the blessing of the Lord, the favor of God, the grace of God, understanding that God is pouring it, it, it into you and wants it to come out of you, it wants it to impact you, change you, flow through you. You are going to rise to the top. It could be in finance. My brother Peter, he, he, he had a revelation that he was blessed. He still does today. He, he, he went to school for, for finance, to play football. He, he, he heard the voice of God. He graduated at a tough time in the, the, the things going on outside were tough. There's a financial downturn going on. There, no one was hiring financiers at the time. He, but he heard, heard God's voice. He said, you know what, I'm going to go work for, for, for Burger King, get, get involved with their corporate management training, and I believe that God is, I'm going I'm to shoot to the top. Today he is the COO of Burger King of the Americas. It, it's not because he said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a mountain, I'm going to climb it, and I'm going to be, no, he, he understood, he, he had a relationship with God. This, this, this is radical. If the church could get this, it will work for every single person, every single believer. He, heard, he had a relationship with God. He heard God's voice. He did what God called him to do. And in 10 years, he's the COO of Burger King of, the, Burger King of Europe. Recently did, an, did a... a, a TV, TV commercial with Ronald McDonald making out with the Burger King. Love is love. Have it your way, whatever. You know why we don't see that commercial here in America? Because someone who, who has the blessing of the Lord on the inside of them is in a position of influence. And he's going to say, you know what, we're not going to show that kind of crap here in the Americas.
My brother Andrew, he, he, went, he went to school for engineering. His serious girlfriend at the time said, you know, I want to stay in Colorado. When they got married, she made him promise that they would stay in Colorado. He had, when he, when he finished college, he, he graduated at a really bad downturn too. But you can't keep a good man down. You know, within, within 10 years, he, he was a millionaire. Even though he started out just making half of what most people with his ability and background and job description were doing. He just, he just went to work where he could, did what God called him to do. He was actually offered a much you know, more lucrative job out of state, but he did what his wife asked him to do, which is often what God is asking you to do. Stay in Colorado. I don't care if it's less money. The blessing of the Lord is on you. He's going to take care. I know he, had, I know he has a revelation of the blessing of the Lord. When I, when I was in college and, and I was, you know, I, I asked him if I could borrow his Netflix account. You're, you're, you're rich, you're blessed. You know, you can lend to many nations. You can lend to your brother here, the flute player, who isn't a millionaire yet, but will be someday. Lend me your Netflix account. Which I, I think Netflix has now cut down on that. But he lent it, you know, his password was, like supernatural favor of God, something like that. You know if your you know, password is about something like that, you know you got a revelation of it. It's on the inside of you because you're not, you're not going to forget that. It wasn't like his wife's name. Her, it, was, it was about God. It was about favor and grace. Amen? You're going to rise to the top. It might be flute playing. It might be teaching. It might be writing. It might be investing. It might be parenting. It might be selling water parts. Heather's stepdad, when she was five years old, got a job, entry-level job for, for his dad's company. You know, her, her, Heather's mom and dad worked for a, a sporting good factory. Wilson. Wilson. Like... Tom Cruise, or what's his name? Tom Hanks, not Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. The volleyball. Wilson. They made the ball that was in the movie Castaway. They made golf clubs for Wilson. But uh, did they get laid off? No, I'll finish it really quick. I'm, I'm out of time. Anyways, he, he went to work for his dad, bottom of the barrel, selling water parts, just being a salesman. That company eventually got sold five times. Somehow. He never got laid off. Somehow, today he is over, over a lot. He makes over a million dollars a year. And his passwords are about the blessing of the Lord, too. When I go to their house and ask for his wife, you know, lend me your Wi-Fi password. The, just do what God has called you to do. Don't, don't worry about what mountain you're trying to climb or what. Just do what God has called you to do. It might be selling water parts. It might be trick riding a rodeo horse, laying carpet. God will give you influence. If, you, if that blessing of the Lord is on you and in you and people can see it, 
even from you being a mama, a daddy, a, a burger flipper, people will see that and it will inspire them and, and it, it will, will open doors for the kingdom to grow. The blessing of the Lord will cause the church to shine. The blessing of the Lord will cause his glory to shine throughout the earth. I think I might preach this again Sunday. Because this, this, this is huge. Huge. Understanding the blessing of the Lord. And, and, and I think this is why just a lot, a lot of people don't get it. Verse 14 so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right, to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Just, it all comes back to this, listening to the voice of the Lord, do what he's called you to do. Some people will deviate. They'll end up going after other things that aren't God. They might even appear to be the blessing, appear to be influential, appear to be just do what God has called you to do. If it's not God, you're going to end up serving the wrong thing. Today, I'm making a choice to follow God, to listen to his voice, to do what he calls me to do. I'm saying yes to Jesus. So my conclusion is this. If you have Jesus, you are mega blessed. You are not the dregs that float to the bottom of the wine barrel. You are the cream that floats to the top. So let your light shine before everyone. Amen? Amen, amen. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.